This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. So, a couple things before we get into today's topic. One, uh, we're using StreamYard. Mm. I always get those two confused because, you know, they're all called streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, it's going to look a little different, it's going to feel a little different, and there might be some hiccups. Please bear with me. <laughs> but but we think overall this will help actually make for a better show. Today we're going to talk about some of the best books of 2020. We were talking about this. Originally we were like, we should talk about some of the worst books of 2020 because there are a lot mm. of them. And then we were like, wait, that's two shows. Yes, it is. Let's do the best now because I doubt the best book of 2020 is coming out next month. Yeah, that was kind of the feeling we had because it was almost a Thanksgiving episode where it's like, oh, we should do books we're thankful for right. this year. And then it's like, oh, well, is that like our favorite books of all time or is that just books we're thankful for this year? And then you had the idea where it's like, oh, no, this is multiple shows right here is what this is. Let's yeah. split it up. And instead of being like, I'm thankful for these, it's like you're basically saying they're the best books of the year anyway. So yeah. why don't we just like kind of do that? Uh, so that's what we're doing. We're going to talk about some of the best books of 2020, um, in our opinion. Uh, so this is, you know, I should stipulate these opinions here uh, to four shared in this episode are our own and uh, do not reflect the media or your own personal opinions. And so we're not wrong. It's just <laughs> that we just disagree with you. Uh, but we probably do agree. I'll bet that any of the books we mentioned on this list, you're going to be like, yeah, those are really good. Yeah, fair <clears> enough. And they can't argue with that. I guess. Uh, before we do start, I wanted to mention that uh, this show is sponsored by viewers like you. If you're watching the show live and you want to help us out, please encourage. I encourage you to use the super chats and uh, make a question or comment. We'll read it here on the show, and we'll try to make it like organic. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily read them all as, as they come in, but I will read them uh, as we find a natural opportunity to do so. Like Patrick Lawson here, who says, and here's the feature. Good morning, Sal and Joel, and thank, I am thankful for you. Well, we're thankful for you too, Patrick, and thank you very much for your support and for your super chat. We do appreciate it, man. Um, see, that, that's another fun thing that I wanted to try out uh, when we were doing uh, the, the StreamYard thing. Um, so that's what we're doing. Here we go. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about some of our best books or some of the best books that we think are dope. Uh, so let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess if we like, if we have anything... Like, if we have any crossovers? I imagine we'll have a couple crossover books. I, I'm sure. We have similar taste, so Indeed. I feel like we will. And I've got a couple dark horses in here that I think will blow you away, too, so that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no dark horses. My my book, I have no dark horse at all, but, uh, but I also have no dark horse uh, books where I'm like, oh, man, I'll bet you didn't expect this. No, it's Let like... Me- 
Let, let me ask you this. Whenever I put together a list like this, I always feel like a bad comic book man and a bad commentator when I don't put at least one indie book in here because I know my bread is buttered on the superhero capes and spandex crap. Yes. I'm like, no, I need I need one indie book so I can have my street cred so people won't look their nose up at me. I'm, I'm very lucky in that regard because I have a very, very uh, intelligent wife who has some terrific taste that put me on the path for many titles that I normally would just dismiss out of hand um that i'm that, that have opened my eyes and so i'm happy to say i have a i have a couple of indie books that are basically her books uh but i'm gonna shout them out for her anyway well, that's uh, good. because i have read them <clears throat> and they're dope uh before we continue i wanted to mention that rusky 9110 says but what if there's a hellstrom christmas book <laughs> that changes the game um i think there is gonna uh, no i think we got a hellstrom book like in the in, during halloween i don't remember yeah um, but I don't yeah, think anybody read it. It's one of those anthologies, right? And for the most part, I like those anthologies that Marvel and DC put out, but there's like maybe one story I'll remember moving yeah. forward, and the rest are just kind of enjoyable junk food fluff. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, the anthologies are... There's not a lot of weighty stuff in them. Although, uh, if you watch our the, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly episode on uh, the, the Halloween specials we did... You should check them out because there's at least one that's like, what? And that's the that's the Adam book and not like Ray Palmer, the other Adam. Oh, Choi. Uh, yeah, Choi. That story was, I was like, this should be the Adam book. Uh, Gail Simone wrote that, I would assume, yes? Because no. she did a lot of, oh, really? No, it wasn't. It was somebody else, somebody I'd never heard of before. Huh. Um, and uh, Taylor Pester, as for books this year, not books continuing from last year, Department of Truth, definitely on the list. Mm. Um, I didn't read Department of Truth. Uh, good I, things. Yeah, I've heard good things. I looked through it. I was like, eh. Like, it just wasn't necessarily for me. I did not include it on the list. Uh, Tiffany also was not a huge fan of Department of Truth. Liked it, but wasn't, like, crazy about it. Neither was That's I. So it's not on my list. That's Tynan, yes, who wrote it that is. as well as part of his big year of getting on Batman and also getting his big indie book as well. Yes. Uh, and of course, he's had some some significant success in Boom. Uh, mm. And uh, and I was like surprised that he went over to Image, but it's just Boom had been nice to him and he had worked like out some really sweet deals to produce some really terrific books through them. Uh, but Department of Truth is very much an image book. And, you know, it's like he's more on the hook for that. And, it, you know, the image deal is nice. Like you get more. Right. And you own it all. But like you're also on the hook for like publishing and stuff. Mm, right. So uh, he he couldn't like. Yeah. Yeah. It was just it, it made more sense for it to be an image book. Um, for that, to that end, I will mention that uh, even though it didn't come out in 2020, it's still continuing to be an excellent series that uh, started recently and I think got on a lot of people's radars. And more recently, uh, the trades have been available uh, through uh, 2020. Uh, is something skilling the children? Uh, yeah, I, I haven't picked that. I kept meaning to read it for Halloween, but yeah, everyone is singing this one's praises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. It was just. Uh, I remember. Seeing the title, and it, I believe it was the harbinger of making sentences into comic book titles. <laughs> because after something's killing the children, we also got "We only find them when they're dead" and more. <laughs> um, by the way, we are we only find them when they're dead is also crazy. Like, not only is it like excellent, but like the cover schemes alone are just gorgeous. Nice, um, but yeah. So something's killing the children is just it's it's self-contained. It, I think. 
to for my money, uh, thanks to Tiffany's suggestion and her support of this title and my filming of her doing like interviews with Tynan or her reviewing the book, I can speak to the series. Um, it has that witch's feel where like mm. witches kind of like there was a little bit of buzz. The book came out. Everyone loved it. And like. And it and it just and it happened and then went away because like that's all the the witches there was now of course mm. there is there is like bad egg in the image magazine but like the main volume is the thing everyone remembers and thinks about and right. I, I think with killing the children it is just like it is just this really like singular gem that you know it's gonna tell its story and then it'll be over right. and people will just be like hey remember that really awesome series that like wrapped up. So if you're looking for something that I think has a big, has a definitive ending, check it out. Have they optioned that for a movie yet? Or did I just dream that? I don't know. Uh, if I were, if I were a betting man, I'd say it was a show. Right. Cause everything's a show now for all the many streaming services. Yeah. Screw movies. No, 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 no shows. It's all about shows, especially now in a day and age where you can't go to the movies. So yeah. screaming baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, did we do rescues? We, we, we rescue was the one who got me into talking about something scaling the children. Um, I think so. If not, here it is again. Rescue number one. Oh, as something's killing the children is a perfect, if not predictable for indie book of the year contender. Mm. Can't argue with that rescue. Thank you very much. The, the fact um, that I've heard about it means that yes, that it's probably a shoe in for indie book of the year. Right? Yeah. And I, I think I knew, I do need to mention like, I don't know if you, I didn't do a lot of research on like what trades and hardcovers came out this year, but like if you have one, feel free to mention it because like there are some that like deserve distinction. I don't know what year um, Batman Damned's hardcover came out. Oh yeah, but I and I think it might have been this year, and I will toss it out there because if you didn't like Batman Damned, I implore you to watch our episode of Back Issues on it, but um, read it again. Because there's something there, uh, particularly in the art and uh, in the storytelling there. Uh, but the cover, like the hardcover edition, is quite beautiful. Mm. And uh, they did this amazing thing. And I think it's like persistent throughout a bunch of the like Black Label slash Hill House hardcovers. Mm. Where they have like this kind of like opaque uh, dust jacket around right, them. Right, and right. it gives it that kind of like real distinction. It's just like, ooh, mm, oh, I, uh, good, good I, printing. I, I, I will say I did watch your Batman Damned episode. I will say I much prefer Tiffany's interpretation and presentation of that story than the actual reading it. <laughs> yeah, than the three issues I read. So maybe instead of reading it or buying it again, I'll just watch your episode again. That's the way. That's the way to go. But I will say Ethan took that hardcover home and read it cover to cover, and was like, "Oh, wow. oh. Um, yeah." Uh, so all right, I did one. Something's killing ch killing the children. Joel, what do you what do you what do you got? Well, keeping with the indie thing, seeing as we open the show with our indie books yeah, here, uh, I'm going to open with something that uh, I meant to read eventually, but only ended up buying the first trade uh, as part of an interview for a con that ended up eventually not happening. And that is Tim Seeley and Sarah Beatty's Money Shot series. Oh, I never heard of that. How is it? Uh, it is really funny. And also shockingly positive and feel good. The, the the general pitch for it is in a dystopian future, not unlike our own, all funding has been cut to the sciences. So NASA can't send anything into space anymore. People can't research anything anymore. 
and it just sucks when a group of, you know, uh, what is it, plucky scientists get the idea where they're like, look, what what has pushed scientific development before? You know, what has pushed technology before? Oh, sex and pornography. It's the only thing <laughs> that people care about in the future anymore. So look, to make our research, you know, get the focus <clears throat> it needs, we need to make it sexy. We need to go find aliens and film ourselves boning down with these aliens is what we need. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> And and live streaming it to, you know, push signs for it. And shockingly, what really sold me on this series is, yes, it's funny. Yes, it's titillating. It's very similar to kind of what Tim Seeley did with Hack Slash, where it's like, oh, you think it's sleazy and you think it's cheesecake from the cover. Then you open it up and, oh, shit, there's actually a lot going on here. Mm. What really sold me on it is that ultimately it is a story that is super positive about humanity and the human race saying, yes, for all of our foibles, we do actually deserve our place in the universe and in fact uh, human sexuality saves a very repressed alien race from a tyrannical rule in the first <laughs> arc and it just kind of keeps going in that direction I'm like that's that's nice especially this year a story reaffirming hey humanity we're gonna be okay and you know what we actually have something to offer the universe as a whole nice that sounds cool all right it i'll is. check that out uh that it sounds like a mix of like sex criminals and Something science fiction-y. <laughs> Very. It, it's sex criminals meet Star Trek, basically. They go to a new planet. They're like, now, how can we bone down with this creature? And also, how can we deliver, you know, the best of humanity and learn a little something along the way? Sure. Apropos of your titillation, uh, I, I will give a quick shout out to a book that is 11 years old right that on. I discovered this year because Ben had it. And he was like, hey, um... Let me use this studio to dump my garbage <laughs> and took a bunch of like old books that he got from like previous New York Comic Cons and was like here and just dumped them on my on my table. And uh, so I was going through them, bagging and boarding, and I found this book and I was like, OK, what even is this? <laughs> like, what even is this? It was called Sky Doll from Marvel mm -hmm. Max. And uh, it was a it was the first issue. Apparently, it was like an Italian kind of like comic that obviously when I say Italian, it's like, Oh, are there, are there like, or is there nudity and sex in it? Yeah. Of course. Like Scorpion magazine and shit. Yeah. Like it's, it's seemingly about like a sex robot that like, Oh yeah. Whatever. But like, it's like star Wars with, it's like star Wars meets heavy metal. Oh. And when I was reading it, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, this is like, this is like wizard of Oz meets star Wars meets, like heavy metal, the movie. Mm. Oh, that's kind of cool. Like, I can't believe Marvel published. this. Yeah. Wow. This does not look like something Marvel would publish. Also, this, th this was 11 years old. You're saying, man, if this came out now, I could see this being a big deal. Agreed. So it was just, it was a book that just came out from, came out of nowhere, came out at the wrong time. I, and I don't think even Marvel like public. I, I think it was more like it was published in Italy and Marvel picked up the publishing rights and then just just stuck it under the Marvel Max imprint and then later put it under like Marvel and then just put a big mature content logo on it. But uh, but yeah, neat book. Uh, I'd say just go check it out. It's just kind of like if you if you like that kind of thing, if you're like, oh, yeah, I like heavy metal. I like uh, I like mm. Star Wars. I like naked people. Like it's kind of neat. I was like, I only have the first issue, but I was like, this is neat. This is worth the price of admission. It was, it was, it was free. So check nice. it out. 
We we don't talk about that a lot, but you know the European side of comics that are yeah. very different and are an industry in and of itself and have their own tastes and styles and everything. I'm a big fan of Black Sad, which I'm sure people know of the uh, famous. I think it's Argentinian neo noir, but with like anthropomorphic animals. That's like really hard bit. And like the dude paints every page, so it takes like eight years <laughs> for a book to be done, yes. but it's fucking beautiful. Yep, I've read every English language translation of Black Sad. My uh, a friend of mine is a big fan of it. Uh, he was influenced heavily by it, and in fact, does his own webcomic called uh, Rudek and the Bear uh, at zuzzleandthefox.com if you want to check it out. But uh, it was, um, yeah, Black Sad is something else. We we met the creator at Baltimore Comic Con just this oh, past sure. year, like the not this past year, <laughs> but the year prior. Went to Baltimore, met the creator slash writer slash artist, uh, yeah, and uh, and got some got some print of his uh it was cool like but yeah the black sad is like one of those books and i think it's like a video game right i think they turned that yes. into something microids made like a choose your own adventure game i was actually talking to microids because i really wanted an early copy of that game to play it because i was so amazed that they came out and did it but i never heard back from them. also the english translation was kind of lame apparently the true way to play it is play it in french with english subtitles because french <laughs> black sad sounds way better than english black sad don't fuck that up, man. Like, I don't understand. It's just like, how do you screw up the, the English language translation? Like, just 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 do just get a cool voice. There's a thousand out of work actors out there. I know. His his voice was too high, was the problem. He's like, hey, I'm John Black said, No, he should be down here. Come on, just look at him. Look how big his chest is. He should Kevin be John should play Black Sad. Yes, he should. Oh my god, yeah. There you Especially go. Today. Um, before we move on, Luke Varillo mentions, uh, oh, hey, hey, Luke, here's your, here's your comment. Uh, best trades I read this year, Life Story, Doomsday Clock. Mm. Listening for more recommendations. On a side note, this year I'm thankful for comic pop interviews. Keep them coming. Love Di Mateus, especially after hearing him on adaptations. Thank you, Luke. Thank you for checking out that episode. Thank you for your big uh, support for us. And uh, thanks for checking out that Di Mateus episode. Uh, JM or Mark is awesome. Uh, and, uh, and and is a treasure trove of stories and insight and, uh, and on the craft and on the industry. You should watch everything he has to say. Uh, he's, he's a brilliant man. Um, yeah, man, Doomsday Clock came out. I'm not putting that yeah. on the list. <laughs> I, I imagine it probably reads much better in trade, though. Even as I was reading, I'm like, this is going to read better in trade, especially because now I know, oh, hey, they actually stuck the landing, and it was actually a pretty good ending despite all the bullshit that happened in between. Yeah, no, it, it does. I've read it again and again, uh, and it's, yeah, it does work. Um, I didn't realize Life Stories trade paperback came out, but I will give a quick shout-out to Life Stories. Spider-Man Life Stories, excellent. Um, just great. Also, check out the back issues. Uh, I, I mean, any year life story. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, Tevia, my favorite deceased, Dead Planet, uh, the second one, uh, Speed Metal, and Amazing Spider-Man. Neither one is on my list. Neither of the, none of the deceased's are on my list for this year. Um, because it's not done. I'm kind of like, eh, you know, like DC. I'm like, I'm enjoying it, but it's not like the ex most excellent thing for me. But I will I, uh, give a shout out for it because it's like deceased has been consistently awesome. It really. I put Dead Planet on mine, if only because of that Mr. Miracle issue they did where it's like, hey, let us actually take a break from these zombies and let us actually tell this weird fucked up family soap opera with the new guys. And I'm like, wow, Tom Taylor told an amazing Mr. Miracle story in the middle of this zombie thing. <laughs> And that's super dope. And again, every issue is just like, hey, you think it's going to be about zombies, but it's actually going to be about whatever I want it to be about now. Three, you know, arcs in. Uh huh. 
and like I I can do whatever. In fact, like they're basically saying that deceased never has to end because they're saying like we might end this with a crisis and we might do something completely different after that. And why shouldn't they? Because yeah. Taylor, I think when he first started deceased was like, yeah, I'm doing uh, I'm doing alternate Marvel zombies, whatever. Um, but you know, he had the clout from Injustice and. Mm-hmm he was able to parlay that into something that he knew fans were going to resonate oh, yeah. or was going to resonate with with fans and made something that like now he's like, I could do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> Indeed. The, the deceased universe is also home to some of my favorite versions of characters in a long time. Green Arrow gets to be awesome in that. Red Hood gets to be awesome in that. Rose Wilson gets to be awesome in that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Green Canary uh, is great. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and as for uh, speaking to Tevia's point about Amazing Spider-Man, it has consistently not been on my list, but I will say the last four issues have been excellent. So yeah, they've really turned up the heat on that. I'm like, okay, you, you got my attention now. Let's see where this goes. Maybe, maybe by the end of this arc, maybe by the end of Last Remains, maybe it will manage <laughs> to make it on the best of the year list. We'll, we'll see. It's all very wait and see at the moment. That's very true. Uh, apropos of more uh, independent books, I will mention Once in Future because Once in Future, uh, while it did come out, there are trades now for Once in Future. The first two volumes are available now uh, from uh, Kieran Gillen and Dan Mora. Mm. Uh, Tiffany loves the series. Uh, I can't say I blame her. And uh, if you need any other excuse to check out Once in Future, Once in Future, I think, I feel like it's the book that got people aware of Dan Mora who is now like the new hotness in comics. Uh, he's of course working on the dark detective book uh, for the future state series. Right. Um, he's also of course been doing those amazing super sentai versions of the bat family on Twitter. Yeah. You've seen uh, Dan Mora is just incredible. And uh, I, I think the book would be very much harmed if he left. So let's hope that once in future tells the story needs to tell before Dan Mora is chewed up and spat out by the big two. Uh, and their desperate need for him to draw to dope ass shit we all want to see him draw <laughs> by this industry, this industry that we love. Also, speaking of uh, Karen Gillan, did more Die come out this year? Again, I'm a bad yes. indie con. Okay, Die is also very good. Everyone, if you love Dungeons and Dragons, if you love fantasy, if you love Britishiness. You should be reading Die. In fact, I think they came out with like a version of the Die game you can play just recently. <laughs> I, I couldn't make heads or tails of it, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, Tiffany loves Die, has been has been pimping it out. Uh, but yes, uh, it's still continuing and it's uh, and it's still excellent. Uh, so check that out. Kieran Gillen uh, is just excellent. Just, just, a, just a terrific writer. You've read some of his work, I'm sure of it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Ruben Gonzalez, it's uh, great to see you guys. I'm working on my college paper, which is due tomorrow night. Well, good luck with that, man. Ooh. Uh, my favorite comic of the year has been the animated series continues. Keep it up. Uh, oh, thank yeah. you. I, I dropped off of that when like all these X-Men books started coming out and I couldn't keep up with mm-hmm. it anymore. But yeah, it was it was fun. It was pretty cool. I never I never saw the the Red Hood resolution. What was going there? Maybe I should hop back in and see what the hell's happening. Right. Uh, I, I couldn't get past the art, which I was like, this is pretty OK, but it seems very rushed and very simplistic. And I was like, I was just not into it as much. And it just they, they weren't giving me enough. It felt like another continuation of season four as opposed to a continuation of the show that I it, love. It felt very webcomic. It's funny, you know, we actually saw like arguably a better version of this uh, art in like Batman Beyond 
uh, 2.0 where they would do flashbacks and it actually looked nicer and it was <laughs> reminiscent of the animated series art style, but not so totally trying to ape it on the page. Exactly. Uh, Rusky 910, Batman Damned is a thinking man's book filled with subtly, subtlety that not everyone might get. And I say that because I didn't get it until Tiffany explained it. That's completely fair. And by the way, like, I don't want to turn it into a copy pasta. Uh, it's just like, it's one of those books that's just like unapologetically, this is what it is. And if you, if you like it, you like it. If you don't try it again, if you still don't like it, that's fair. Like no judgment. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't want to turn it into like a Rick and Morty like defense. It's just like yeah. the book is the book. If you like it, you like it. Um, and, and yes, there's symbolism. Yes, there's imagery. Yes, there's like, and it's not like terribly, it's not so deep. You won't be able to find it. It's just kind of like if, if you're, you know, if you have a good teacher or if you're just, you, you're, you're predisposed to digging that kind of thing, you're going to like it, or at least you're going to appreciate it. Yeah, I, I definitely came down on the not liking it as much. And I Me can too. say yes and be like, yeah, it's got stuff going on. It's also a little pretentious and a little <laughs> self-indulgent in time to time. And did I really need to see all the curves in Zatanna's ass in this scene? Right. Probably not, but okay. Right. Um, Neil and Bradley, uh, it's been a very good year for superhero books. Once in future. Oh, it's been a very good year for off superhero books mm. once in future plunge basket full of heads and of course something's killing me oh, yeah 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 uh, if you haven't checked out plunge by the way it's one of the best hill house books out there again tiffany recommendation brought stuart imminent out of retirement to mm. do it uh, so it's worth checking out thank you neilan for your support uh brandon musha says favorite story 2020 batman creature of the night by Busick. it finished this year and is as good as superman's secret identity oh yeah um, that was still going on wasn't it yeah, i forgot about every, that. every once in a while I'll find a new issue of that book and be like oh yeah once i have them all i'm gonna read it all tiffany really enjoyed that book too but uh we haven't finished it either um so all right uh i also want to give a quick shout out to a book that is probably one of the best that valiant puts out just because i'm like i know this guys hey here's a mm. book quantum and woody uh yeah. was a good book. uh it chris hastings makes sense uh it's match made in heaven it's genuinely funny it's cool check it out like if you're like hey i kind of dig humor that's a book i like nice it. nice um speaking of books that i have been sponsored to talk about <laughs> in previous shows this book is excellent and you should absolutely check it out if you can. TKO Productions, Sarah from Garth Ennis and uh, mm. Steve Epting. That book is it is just so good. Uh, you had me at Ennis. Yeah, it is just it is about a it is about a female Russian sniper during World War II. That's the book. So an Ennis book is what you're saying. That's ticking all his boxes of things he likes. Yes. Uh, it is not self-indulgent. It is not grotesque. It is just wartime Ennis, which is kind of what I like. Uh, I, I like, Same. you know, I, I, sometimes I'll read an Ennis book. And I'm like, if he had just dialed back all the gross shit, yeah. I might love this book as opposed to appreciating it. He's He's got two modes. He's got Jimmy's Bastards where it's like, I've got things I need to tell you and I'm going to get this out right now. Yeah. And then he has Sarah and his Punisher Max and his other stuff where it's like, now I'm going to bring it down a little bit. Yep. Yeah, because it's like the boys, which I'm like, pass. Uh, and then there's, oh God. Um, well, there's the Preacher is a little bit almost too far, mm. but he's tempered. Um, there's there's other books by him that I that I just that I just really enjoy. But Sarah is just one of those things where I'm like, wow, like that's really restrained and really cool. 
and just genuinely like this is who this is what you're saying it's it's just a good book check it out I'll check that out for sure <clears throat> um it was a radical radish in our super chats mentioned just here to gush over wonder woman dead earth for the fifth time this week my type of apocalypse narrative that showcases the positives humanity and superheroes instead of relying on cynicism i gotta radish, get to that yeah that was another one that's on my list it's the top of my list uh it was the first thing i wrote down when i was like what are some of the best books of 2020 wonder woman dead earth is one of those books yeah this one totally slipped through my fingers on this one i i, I barely even knew it was a thing until you started singing its praises and when i looked at like oh what do other people have on their best of the year list so far consistently it was on everyone else's best of the year list too and i'm like wow i I, I I gotta educate myself on this one. <laughs> Sounds like I missed a humdinger. Yes. Uh I Tiffany picked it up just because of the covers. She was like, I love Daniel Warren Johnson. These covers are crazy. Purchased. Now is it she, black label? It is black label. Okay. But of course, what does that mean? <laughs> but because it doesn't mean that he can do whatever he wants. Because if you check out our interview with Daniel Warren Johnson, he mentions right. that there are some things that they they were like, don't do that. You can't show this. You know, like, for example, uh, no, you know what? I don't want to spoil it for you. So instead, I'll just say uh, you'd be surprised what he was like. You'd be surprised what he got away with. Was because, it more was it more content stuff <clears throat> or more thematic stuff he couldn't get away with? Content. It was just like you can't show that. Mm, and it right. wasn't even it wasn't sexual in any way. It was just violence. Interesting. Because yeah. you, you think with American comments, it's always been the other way around. It's like, oh yeah, sure, cut off people's heads, do whatever you want. But if there's a nipple, by God. That's right. That's right. And that's to pay. That's pretty consistent with our with our censorship. Um, but yeah, Wonder Woman Dead Earth, Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, I don't know if it's in trade yet. Uh, I'm you can bet your bottom dollar I'll be getting the hardcover. Um, the art's incredible. The story is fun and cool. Uh, it, it is just a spectacle. It is like nice. it is just look at that. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing that. Um, great stuff. Do not let any of the critics dissuade you from picking up this book. Sweet. Um, Tevia says breaking news super sons are finally returning in a new digital series called challenge of the super sons and i'm yeah. happy they're returning uh i'm not surprised good and i'm good. glad for that good for them makes sense as a digital book let it exist in its own little corner of continuity and just let people have this thing that they've clearly been asking for for a long time and look you want to build a bigger digital arm yeah here's a good thing to have on your digital arm yeah right yeah people have been asking for it it worked really well in um uh, the deceased universe. It works really yeah. well. Like everywhere else do it. Uh, by the way, Tomasi's writing it. So fuck. Yeah. There you have it. That's um, all I needed to do, man. That's all you needed to say, man. <laughs> Joe, what else we got? What, what are some of the best books of 2020 for you? All right. Cause again, I, I feel we're going to have uh, what is it? Some crossover. So I'm trying to pick something that maybe you wouldn't end up having on sure, your sure. list. Uh, mm -hmm. Here's a newer one that blew me away. It was a one shot. And I don't think a lot of us are going to have a lot of one shots on here. Again, this is a book I almost didn't pick up just on principle because I thought it was stupid. Little did I know that, holy shit, they told a real, like, important topical story here. Punchline of all things. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new one? Like the most recent one? 
Yeah, yeah, which I thought this was going to be part of a mini, but no, it's a special one-shot issue to tie into some stuff that Tynan's got happening in 2021 and maybe the second Bat book that he's going to be doing too. But yeah, Punchline, a character who probably only got this series because speculators shelled out shit tons of money for her first appearance, hoping it would be the next Harley Quinn. But man, give it to James Tynan, a man who we are singing his praises a lot in this issue. And he's like, okay, this could be a creatively bankrupt thing to do a special punchline issue. This could be really stupid. Let me tell a shockingly realistic, very deeply uncomfortable story about radicalization and homegrown terrorism in America. Yeah. And he did. That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't read it on principle. Uh, Tiffany really enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, I was like, no, I can't. I can't give you any more money for punchline. I'm just out. <laughs> shocked, shocked, blown away from it. I loved it. And then I hated myself for loving it because I'm like, no, I'm going to sing this praises and other people are going to buy it. And DC executives are going to get the wrong idea. <laughs> and they're going to be people love punchline. We need more punchline and everything. No, no, it's not about punchline. It's about all the things she represents. And everything's around. Oh, my God, you're getting the wrong impression of this. But then again, maybe you also got the wrong impression of Harley. Quinn so it's like is history not repeating itself but the point of the story is Tynan is talking about people getting the wrong impression of punchline and getting it wrong and that only giving her more power anyway because she's a truly evil villain right yeah I remember it being like a cautionary story about like how infectious like misinformation is and I'm like yes that's that's almost too real for me. <laughs> it's, it, it's shockingly, stunningly real. And also, hey, uh, Tynan found a good place for Bluebird to actually come in yeah. and play a part. And she's really good in it. And uh, man, I love how they use the brother because he's the one who gets radicalized. He's the one who falls down the not quite QAnon hole uh -huh. that is punchline and Joker fandom. And it's like, oh, see, that hurts more because we know Cullen from other books and know that he's a good kid and like him already. So to see that it can even happen to people you like makes it sting all the more. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Good for, good, good for James Hunt of the fourth. Got two books on this list at least. Yeah. For Three. Real. Uh, if you, if you count department of truth, which I didn't put on the list. His Batman's all right <clears throat> too, but I mean, really his Batman was basically just Joker war this year, which was okay, but we've seen Joker stories before. I, I quit Batman because of him. So I'm good. Like Joker war will never be on a list of mine unless it's like most overrated bullshit. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Ray guns says uh, unpopular opinion. I love the current Batman beyond series. It's fun. And they've expanded the universe so much consistently a good book. In my opinion, Joel, for, can you speak I to that? I forget that it's still a thing. I yeah. really do. I thought they canceled that forever ago. And I'm always surprised when I see it on the set shelf and see people talk about it. I, I guess it found an audience. I guess it's speaking to some people and they're getting good for you, I guess. <laughs> that's that's a ringing endorsement. That should go on the cover. Good for you, I guess. Good for you. I, I, I'm a sour old man. Just give me my fucking TV show. That's yeah. all I want. There's just so much bullshit in the Batman Beyond universe that they had to do to make it work and to make it fit and yeah. like remember when it was tim drake for a minute yes i do i, I wish i didn't in the future and then they mm -hmm. did away with it and they're like look we're just gonna try and give you the show you like again <laughs> <laughs> please do please um rogelio canella says i've uh, been loving dan morris since go go power rangers i didn't know right. he actually worked on power rangers i just assumed he was a fan yeah uh, taylor pester Bombing in about the, I don't know if Wonder Woman Dead Earth has been mentioned, but it's definitely up there. Yeah, it's consistently for me one of the best of the year. Like, no question about it. Um, 
Yeah, as far as new books or books from 2020 that I think are excellent, Joel, I know this is on your list, so we're just going to talk about them. And let mm. you. I'm actually going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to lay up. I'm going to throw it up in the <laughs> air. I'm going to let you sink it. Uh, Superman smashes the clan. Oh yeah, definitely on this one here. Gene Lewin Yang has been great for a long time, but I think this was in many ways his coming out party to the bigger world. This is this is a story that got a lot of eyes on it for a lot of really important reasons, and just goddamn. It is so personal a story. You can tell this dude is drawing on so much of his own life to make the backbone of this book. And it is just affecting and good and also shows that, yo, you can do a Golden Age Superman story that still works really well. And it speaks to his own, you know, life as an immigrant, as an alien from another world and tying this into the bigger story. It is both classic in Golden Age, yet unbelievably timeless. And also, again, to come as no surprise, Gene Lu and Yang, uh, works as like a group that tries to use comics to like teach kids in school and everything. This feels like a book that you could teach in an English class. In fact, there's even like little breaks now where it's like, okay, discuss. And now I'm going to hand out the cheat and then we'll read, you know, pages, uh-huh. you know, four and five. And I'm like, man, it's just a good book on so many levels. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I'm seeing it on, uh, on many lists. Uh, I have, um, I have like the little digest version, which I think mm. is the version you can get. Uh, that speaks to me in a way that says this is probably like available through like book initiatives yeah, in yeah. educational places. Like, so it's, mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. is no way that schools don't have this book. And, uh, and that's great. Absolutely. It's just so freaking good. And again, it's so good. People are already saying like Gene Loon Yang should get to write the main Superman when Bendis is done. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be I'll I'll take it. As long as Guri Hero or whoever was working on it. Yeah, Guri Hero, who who is not a person, is a collective of many people. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like man of action. It's like man of action. Um C dub art says, Hey Sal, you probably don't remember, but you came to my table at a con last year. I made a comic called Summons, and your show inspires me to take to make it not suck in case <laughs> you come across it. Love your show. Thank you, C dub. Uh, thank you. This is uh, Chris Williams. Uh, his uh, art is like really, really fun and really excellent. Uh, one of my favorite things to do at cons is go around Artist Alley and like check out art. And when I see art where I'm like, when I see an artist who is like struggling or who doesn't have a lot of people at his table. And I can see based on like our own years of experience that they're at like industry level quality. I, I, I make a point of saying something like, Hey, <laughs> hmm. this is excellent. You will get contracts soon. Like keep working. You're not hmm. far away. Like don't quit now. Um, but I'm happy to hear that you, uh, that you, that your Kickstarter worked out. Uh, so nice. congratulations. And hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll get a copy. I'm going to check it out. I'll, when cons return, I'll come by your booth and pick it up. Hell yeah. Uh, KT eight, three, nine, seven, six. One of my favorite this year has been the new cable book. I can't explain why I love young cable, but I do. Yeah. I, I, I hear you, man. I don't know anybody that is against or for young cable, but I'm happy that he has some fans. <laughs> Yeah, there feels like a lot of indifference to Young Cable. Also, doesn't help that he probably had the worst tie-in in X of Swords. Though his last one was actually pretty good, even though it was mainly about Gorgon. I do think he had probably his most sympathetic moment to date, where he gets beaten, and then he psychically calls his parents, Mom, Dad, everyone at Sword Camp's being mean to me. Can you pick me up? I love that he says, like, I'm not as cool or good as original Cable. 
that's pretty dope. And in fact, he would have won. I, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, he would have. <laughs> I'm glad you see that. Maybe that'll push you to be a better cable, which is stranger still. Cause I think we all in our death pool is like, Oh, they're going to kill young cable. They're going to kill him and then reconstitute him <laughs> as something closer to the older cat. But really they didn't. Well, there's three more issues left. So we'll see. Oh, they totally could though. Uh, yeah, I, I would love that. Um, I didn't, I don't, this is purely for Tiffany. Uh, Simon Spurrier's Hellblazer book uh, ends today as the time of the recording of this episode. It was the best Hellblazer book in years. Nice. Uh, it beat every incarnation of Hellblazer slash John Constantine in his own story. And there was a lot this year, mostly by Taylor, either in Deceased or in his new Black Label book. Yes, and his Black Label book is fine. Uh, if if uh, if it were 1996, it would be amazing. Oh, and Justice um, League Dark, he's also in there too. He I isn't. Forgot. He isn't. And he's doing. And he's. They, they were using him to good effect in Justice League Dark. They used mm. him. In, well, they used him really, really. They're continuing to use him excellently in the Deceased universe. I really like that. Um, but Hellblazer is like true to form real John Constantine slash Hellblazer. Like if you want to know, if you don't want to read any of the old stuff, you should read Cy Spurrier's run and it'll get you acclimated to what the old stuff is. And you'll, and then you, maybe you'll go pick it up. Um, I, I, one of my, one of the rare instances I got to tell Garth Ennis, Hey, Cy Spurrier's doing Hellblazer and you should check it out because he <laughs> wrote Hellblazer and he's like, he did. And we were talking about it. He's like, I don't really, he's like, I don't think they're doing anything good with him. And I'm like, have you checked out Cy Spurrier's run? He's like, no, but I know him and he's British. So I, so I agree with his <laughs> approach. And I'm like, I think you're going to dig it. Um, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, an image of Ennis sitting down and reading it. Ah, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that. I guess it doesn't, it's not shite. <laughs> um, Danny Blackston TV. Great to see you guys doing well in this garbage year. My favorite books have been Amazing Spider-Man and Suicide Squad. Gl Sad the Squad was canceled. Joel? And he, he uh, the final issue came out today and Taylor maintains that he always meant for it to be 11 issues. But who means for anything to be 11 issues? Who goes out on an odd number? Nobody. Nobody. My my conspiracy theory is that they wanted him to wrap this up so they could come up with the next Suicide Squad thing to coincide with whatever the new uh, gun movie is going to be. But yeah, Suicide Squad is amazing. It's the best run in decades. It's the best team book, I think, currently on the shelf right now for me because it's the only team book I'm like currently reading because I dumped so many team books this year because I just did not care. Yep. But I totally cared about Suicide Squad. It's the best Deadshot's ever been in a very long time. We get to meet his family. We get to actually really get into his pathos and him almost being out. It's one of the best Harley has ever been, I would say, between how Harley is portrayed here and actually how she's portrayed in Tynan's Batman book. Oh, she's actually coming closer to like the cartoon show and actually being more of like a three-dimensional like good character that you want to root for and you want to read the revolutionaries are great characters and i hope they stick around also i won't spoil who the mystery villain was in this but it's the best the mystery villain has ever been in decades and also they tie it back to a freaking year of the villain tie-in that was super forgettable but actually mega important and i love that uh taylor brought all that together nice Nice. That's a, that's a hell of an endorsement for Suicide Squad, which I've heard good things about mainly from you. It's it's so goddamn good. <clears throat> this is the Suicide Squad book I wanted for years. 
going to be a tough act to follow too, even though I think literally we're just going to see a book in a little bit, the new suicide squad with all the people from the movie. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Get ready for King shark to be a major player in the mm. suicide squad book. Uh, I also wanted to give a quick shout out again. Another Tiffany recommendation is Harleen from Stefan Sedgwick. Oh, uh, yeah. This black label book uh, came out too much to some acclaim. Um, but I don't, but it, I think it got dwarfed by like everything else going on at DC and you know, all the, all the shakeups and changes and such. Um, also a hundred Harley and Joker centric projects came out in the span of like four months. So all of yep. it kind of cut into each other's mark. I didn't know which one to read. I didn't pick it up. Cause I'm just like, I don't know which Harley book to read. I'm not going to yeah. read any of them. There is another like Joker Harley book, I think from Lemire or something. Criminal sanity or yeah. insanity. Didn't or pick it up. But uh, but Harleen is beautiful. It's just it's unabashedly a beautiful book. Uh, it is it's cool. It's fun, and I would love for it to have continued in that series. Uh, the idea that like Cedric, I believe, had was like, so I'm going to do Harleen, and then I'm going to do Isley or Pamela, mm. and do a, like a three issue Black Label Poison Ivy book, which would have been friggin' awesome. And he did mm -hmm. some he did some like promotional art, kind of like proof of concept. Uh, which you could find online. Uh, Cedric does some really, really great stuff. Um, and uh, and Harleen was no exception. Uh, we, we've been trying to get it on back issues. There just hasn't been a time for it to line up. But right. it will come to back issues. But be prepared because uh, you should read it. It's three issues. And once again, hardcover came out. And it's got that beautiful, transparent, opaque like uh, slipcover. Check it out. Sweet. Uh, no, no Aode says... Star Wars Bounty Hunter and Falcon Winter Soldier, while not the top books of the year, are good books. I think people slept on it in 2020. Also, did you check out that first issue of Black, White, and Blood, Wolverine? No, I missed it. And I missed it again because I forgot it freaking existed. Uh. Damn it. Um, I haven't read any of the books you mentioned, but I'm glad that they bring you joy. And uh, and and, and uh, I'm glad they worked on them. Because like Falcon Winter Soldier could have been an easy, just like, project. Yeah. Just get it out for the time of the show. Oh, pandemic. I'll put it out anyway. But they did. Uh, I, I wish I could uh, tag in my other co-host, Matt, because he has been singing the praises of both Bounty Hunter and Falcon Winter Soldier. I read the first issue of Bounty Hunters, and I'm like, this is cool. I like that uh, uh, Valance or whatever, the uh, cyborg Bounty Hunter has kind of had this weird, interesting arc across all these books now, and don't be shocked if he shows up in The Mandalorian at some point. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's that's been pretty solid uh yeah i i didn't want to read falcon winter soldier until it was done because i wanted to have something to coincide on my channel for when the show came out yep and then the show got pushed back and then the comic got pushed back yeah so. that's a hell of a thing uh taylor petcher another great black label book that started last year but finished this year the question the deaths of vic sage again mm. uh dennis cowan art you got to check it out it's it was it's the it yeah it feels like the way a question book should because um, he's an asshole and you're not entirely supposed to like him and also hey do you like true detective because it's a lot like true detective yeah, yeah but it just it has that grit and that feel of like dennis cowan's art you mm. gotta check it out yeah. uh and i think it's a and it's a small commitment uh Dakari Garman, uh, I just wanted to say I'm happy that Elseworlds Exchange, Comic Pop, and Cape Joel are the best part of 2020 Aww. for me. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you very much. Uh, Immortal Hulk is consistently amazing. I agree. Yes, I don't. I don't read it regularly, so I can't put it on my list because I it would do. be disingenuous for me. 
It's, do you have it on your list? Yes, I do. It is Take it away. shockingly <laughs> consistent, Immortal Hulk. And again, just when you think you might be bored with what's going on of like, oh, it's Hulk, but a horror story. Okay, what if I do a firebrand political polemic now with the Hulk? Okay, what if I do a deeply meta story where I bring in, uh, what is it, Zemnu, yeah. the original Hulk, and we tell a whole story about the collective subconscious? What if I introduce one of the best trans characters Marvel has ever had in years? And then like just recently, it's like, okay, what if, uh, also, I uh, rebrand the leader as a terrifying villain. And uh, what if the Hulk fights the thing again? And it's really awesome. And I'm like, God damn, Al Ewing, you, you are bulletproof. You cannot fail. <laughs> that all sounds awesome. That is a ringing endorsement for Immortal Hulk. I've like I've been kind of like waiting for it to just end so I could read it all. But like, I really shouldn't. I should just be reading it month to month. It'll be done in 10 issues, which again, that's wow. another thing. Al Ewing at the height of his power where it's like, so you're going to keep going with this? No, I have a 50 issue story and then it's done. Yeah. No, no, he's going to do, I think, the sword book. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is, too. Yeah, which is cool. Like, I'll read that. Mm -hmm. um, and he set it up in Empire. That he uh, did. Chase Wellings, more Ultimate Spider-Man back issues. Thanks. No, not anytime soon. But thank you very much for your support. Uh, Mr. Reagans, I'm a huge fan of obscure books. I was the one person who loved Peter David's Scarlet Spider book. No surprise. Mm -hmm. I love Batman Beyond book. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, but... And I wish I could put Symbiote Spider-Man on this list because it is fun and like feels like a Spider-Man book. It's if 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 Nick Spencer's leave, been leaving you in the cold, it would really really hit. But the art is so bad, mm. it, it really ruins the experience for me. I cannot endorse it. I, uh, I'm just amazed that it's still going all this time later and that it's, it's going to be the, yeah. And that it's going to be the first King and black tie in too. I know. I know it which, just, hey, it, it works, which a hey, speaking of which that's a good segue. Hey, Donny Cates, you made me give a shit about Eddie Brock Venom, which I never thought possible, especially when they took Flash Thompson away. But God, God damn it, you mad genius. You <laughs> did it. You gave him a son and told a story about familial connections and the path not taken. And again, you took something that should be super cheesy, where it's like, oh, much like the symbiote, we two are stronger together. <laughs> and you made it work and you made it not cheesy. And that last arc where he went to a dark future where his son was like a tyrant and everything. That also really worked and was pretty dope. But I'm actually like excited for King and Black. <laughs> how That's how great. did Venom become one of the best books at Marvel? God damn. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I like, don't I, know. Like, I hated that Venom movie, but I'm glad the Venom movie existed because if it didn't, they probably wouldn't have rolled the dice on Donny Cates to do something crazy with it. And he did. No way. No way. It's... It's incredible. Good for him. Good for Venom, because he's yeah. needed a renaissance. Boy, boy, has he. Uh, Rogelio Canella, Superman Smash of the Clan was so great, I will have to get both my nephews a copy, mm. and I forgot to add my favorite, which is Thor. Are you reading Thor? I am reading Thor. You know, that first Galactus arc I wasn't too sure about, but I think, again, Donny Cates, I think it's really hit its stride only now in this newest arc, and that is, okay, Thor is going crazy. He's becoming a mad king. He has viewed the end of all things, right. which which is ironically the Thanos wins future from Donny Cates' other book, because here's the thing. All of Donny Cates' books are actually connected, and he's been telling one big meta story this whole time. And now Thor is caught in the middle of this. 
of an end that he knows will come and all the things he's willing to do to try and stop it. Uh, if that means killing Galactus, if that means uh, trying to resurrect Donald Blake and do something with that only to have that horribly bite him in the ass. Man, that newest issue was so cool. Them explaining what happened to Donald Blake and why he's actually a bad guy now. Right, right. Yeah, that shit's actually pretty dope. It is a it is a consistently crazy book. I'm I'm not I like it, but I'm not like sold. You know what I mean? I'm not like oh, this is so good. I I can I can skip it and be like, no, I I, I, I miss Thor. Oh well. I'm in much the same, was in much the same boat. I'm getting sold on it. This Donald Blake arc and its use of continuity and everything else and showing that, you know, Thor is really coming apart at the seams. I'm like, okay, Kate, you, you got me now. Okay, let's see where you take this again. By the end of the year, which I don't even know how many Thors come out by the end of the year. Maybe maybe it'll have been pushed to that 2021. Because here's the thing, yeah. every, every year Aaron did it, that one was in my best of the year. Because right. it was just so goddamn consistent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is getting consistent. You mentioning Kate's interconnected universe reminded me of Silver Surfer Black, but that came out at the mm. end of 2019. Like the, the the Treasury Edition came out in tw- like on Christmas Eve, so I can't shout it out, but I can say uh, you should read Silver Surfer Black. Hot damn, um, Heartless Fang. Don't have a favorite book, but glad to see you guys live again. Have some money. Don't mind if I do. Thank you, Heartless Fang, hey. and thank you for your support, man. Um, dirt rich. Uh, you only find them when they're dead quickly beat strange Academy. In my opinion, um, that's fair. Uh, we only find them when they're dead is another Al Ewing book, uh, mm. which is from boom. It is gorgeous looking. It is interesting. The concept is fascinating. The first issue you'd be like, Oh, that's cool. Um, strange Academy. You know, I, I don't think it's on. I was surprised that you say that because I'm like, I don't think that's on anybody's list of like, this is the <laughs> best book of the year. I think it's just kind of like, oh, OK, it's a it's a fun little like Harry Potter meets Marvel Universe book. I, I, I mean, Potter. if you're a Doctor Strange fan, you're just happy to get more Doctor Strange. Yeah, but he's life. not even in the book most of the time. Like, oh, is he not? No, he just pops in and is like, oh, you guys still doing OK? All right, bye. But his book's canceled, <laughs> so it'll probably be in every issue now. Uh... Um, but I do like the idea that like the you know of the of the movie comic synergy thing where like yeah, yeah. doc strange showing up in spider-man 3 so we're seeing a little more doctor strange and spider-man oh yeah we are we're getting a whole like, side series just for him to be in it if doc doesn't have a book can he just be a spider-man character now for a little while why not i mean if spider-man is going to keep fighting kindred and magical <laughs> threats he might as well have a magic buddy hey uh peter gets kicked out of his apartment and uh moves it, into he, the sanctum <laughs> yeah him and boomerang move into the sanctum sanctum now i'll have to pay you rent <laughs> that'll be amazing he becomes their landlord he just like gives them a room and he's always like you know coming in like kramer what are you doing now yeah, yeah exactly well then it's just basically well it's a reverse Dr. Orpheus. Yes, it is. Uh, Algie Try just dropping in to say, uh, just dropping by, but I have to say, showing the super chats on the screen is a nice touch. Long live the remnants of the weekly poll, the group that got me back into comics. Aww. Happy we could. Um, thank you very much, man. And yeah, I dig so this. Nice this comments. is fun. What's that? I said so many nice comments this week. My heart is full and overflowing. <laughs> well, it's very positive. We're talking about very positive things. Indeed. Um, uh, Cam Zadarski has been killing it with Daredevil as a lifelong Spider-Man fan. That last issue was perfection. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Daredevil has been a consistently excellent series, and even in 2020, it has been awesome. Uh, Daredevil is on my list. It is such Likewise. a good book. It is. It is. Uh, Chichetto is doing some Herculean work, giving mm-hmm. you like you know poetry in motion. You're just like you're seeing ideal stuff with grit and like 
and 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 quality mm. it's just a good looking good sounding book that is also intriguing and interesting oh, yeah. and fun and 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 subversive uh oh, it gives yeah. you it gives you what you want but also what you need it is mm. it is the best daredevil's been in years we we talk a lot about consistency and i think that's a common theme across all of the books we've chosen here it's not just that they're good but that they're consistently good and daredevil has not had a bad issue under zadarsky they have been nope. great to goddamn transcendent that annual they did yep. uh, where they basically pulled off probably one of the greatest retcons i've seen in many years with uh his brother yeah mike murdoch basically doing their own take on one more day but making it not stupid yep. and being and being like no 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 no, we got plans for this man we are we are going places with this and also tying in stuff from the soul continuity and the wade continuity and like stuff where it's like you didn't have to do that but <laughs> mother this motherfucker pays attention and the book is better for it and those runs are better now for this because daredevil is an amazing soap opera with one of the greatest successions of writers in our artist that marvel yes. has ever had how how is it that daredevil has been so good for so long through so many eras i i think it's just because he is not spider-man like he's mm. just he's just w not there and so as a result like marvel doesn't care as much about what you do with him yeah so, but because he is also like just a just a great character he attracts the kind of like underdog that needs a daredevil Totally, because you could imagine Zdarsky pitching this same run idea for Spider-Man. Spider-Man kills a guy by accident because he's all hopped up on pills from a previous encounter. Probably uh, like, no, no, no to the killing, no to the pills. Uh, so no, get off the book. Like, what if, what if I did it for Daredevil though? Okay, now we're listening. Oh, Daredevil, yeah, go ahead, kill him. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, Tevia says uh, Jeff John Shazam, amazing book. Uh, yeah. I, I am not reading it it's it's over it's already done they already canceled it it's, oh well, there you have it 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 was great it was the best shazam story we got in a very long time it channeled a lot of that like young adult harry potter flavor that is very much missing in traditional superhero comics it grew the story john started all the way back in the new 52 and will probably the ba be the basis for all those shazam movie sequels and no one fucking read it and dc <laughs> didn't care about it because they were in a pissing contest with john so they buried it every chance they could get loveless had a couple tie-ins out of nowhere it's like and i'm writing it now because mommy and daddy are fighting basically yep yep uh radical radish another good book i've enjoyed this year was loki uh only lasted five issues but i loved every moment oh, of it yeah it wrapped up in 2020 um i forgot about that i'm not really i didn't read it <laughs> it's, it seemed like an interesting premise and kate's is actually honoring what happened with it with loki still being the god of stories and still being the king of the jotuns and everything yeah yeah uh tinkerbang says wonder woman dead earth wins it for me and it seems i'm the only person who loved the terrifics probably uh but thank you very much for your support for De dead earth excellent mm. book top from my one of my lists and uh yeah, uh, I've heard good things about Terrifics, so you're not alone. I saw it on a lot of lists, like a lot of other sites put it on their best of the year list. I'm like, really? Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you can't all be wrong. Maybe I'm just the one who gave up too early on it because I'm like, no, screw the Dark Heroes multiverse, whatever experiment this was. Yeah, dark this Matter. Dark Matter. This didn't need to be anything. You could have just done these characters anyway. And apparently they evolved past just being like 
Fantastic Four pastiches. Apparently, they did become their own thing, and Blue Beetle was in there, and Gene Lu and Yank wrote that for a bit too near the end, and yeah. apparently they did some cool stuff with Bizarro by the end. So I'm guessing the book became something it wasn't when it right. started. Absolutely. Uh, no Aod says, uh, uh, Greg Land should not be getting work. Also, new Taskmaster Mini started this month. Hype. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard about that, too. Uh, I almost picked it up. <laughs> me too. Uh, almost. Uh, P.S. King Shark sucks. He's the worst character from Simone's Secret Six. Joel? <gasps> gasp! Gasp! Again, he, he's a joke character. That was the point. I'm a shark. I'm a shark. That's literally... He was a joke character. Then they took him too seriously. Now he's back to being a joke again because of Ron Funches. He, he is what he's always supposed to be. His name is King Goddamn Shark. You're supposed to laugh at him. He's not supposed to be a good character. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, the only version I like is the one from the cartoon. So good. That's he's it. the IT guy. He's giant shark, but he's the IT guy. I love that. Uh, Sam Anderson, uh, the only thing I've read at all in 2020, I've read all 2020 is Razor Blades. The anthology layout is so refreshing to the overall epics the industry is doing now. Mm. I've heard good things about Razor Blades. I, again, have not picked it up. And there's definitely something to be said about shorter stories. I know like uh, decompression is a big problem in comics now where it's like, oh, it's going to be a big investment and it might not make it at the end. And just like, you know, oh, now we got another event going on and a bunch of times. Short stories are good, which is, hey, you know what? Uh, I will send a lot of love to those DC digitals they're doing, especially that Superman Man of Tomorrow they're doing. Yep. They're mostly all one and dones. And again, better than the mainline Superman you're reading right now. And they do have little threads that tie them all together, like Clark keeps losing his suit and Lois keeps getting mad at him for it. Yep. They bring up villains that haven't been used in forever, like the key and the gambler and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, that's cool. I remember these guys. Right? Yeah. No, that's and really I, cool. And again, I, I think the Superman digital one is like the only one that's still going. So surely there is an audience of people who just want one and done Superman stories with beginning, middles and ends. Yeah, right. Um, I, I have to throw this book out there because it well, it did not launch in 2020. It's first mega event crossover did. Uh, and that's X-Men. Yeah, um, I if I were a like classic Claremont, Jim Lee, you know, whatever X-Men fan, I probably would be just as frustrated as everybody else with <laughs> Ten of Swords. Um, but I have to admire the like cojones on oh, them yeah. for doing Ten of Swords and for them and, and for most of the book being like these silly ass bullshit not fights to, oh, yeah. like to really f to get you in the place of the x-men where you're like you are as frustrated and annoyed as everyone in the book is oh, yeah. by the end and it's like that's kind of interesting and and Very. audacious and it's like oh god you, yeah. you'd never be able to get away with it if you didn't do if, if he didn't do secret wars and stuff. If, if he wasn't hickman which man i love when people got mad at that it's like why why did they build up these sword fights and then change the rule arbitrarily i'm like why did they decide to settle this interdimensional feud <laughs> between super With sword fights yeah that was arbitrary and it was arbitrary because saturnine pulled it out of her fucking ass because she's a goddamn british fey character and the only way you could win a fight with that is to not fight at all and the fact that both krakoa and erico were so proud prideful and so arrogant that they thought that they could win that battle only to have her be like i have altered the rules pray i do not alter them further yeah yeah no it's it's an audacious book i i i cross over and people are going to complain about it forever now but uh you know let them it's like whatever who cares it's funny and, 
and again, too, it's just like, you know, just there's so many X-Men books out right now. There's an X-Men book for every taste. Yep. They're all pretty high quality. Like there's very few stinkers in a lot of them. I didn't like Fallen Angels, but Fallen Angels was short. And with Fallen Angels done, it gave us the book that I think is my favorite X-Men book right now, Hellions, because it's right. goddamn hilarious. And again, it taps into that secret six energy of like, let's just get a bunch of fucking weirdos on a team together and let's have Mr. Sinister be this fabulous Machiavellian villain who will make you laugh and then make you feel bad for laughing because he literally stabs people in the back and kicks puppies and yeah. everything. Yeah. And it's just so good. And it gives Havoc a place to be because yeah. I love Havoc. But it's also like, no, 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 the universe will keep shitting on Havoc from a great height. Don't you worry. He's <laughs> right. basically the Kenny of this series. Oh, my God, you took Havoc's eye. Oh, my God, you cut his hands off. Why? <laughs> Dude yeah. can't win. Yeah. I've always liked, uh, I liked the New Mutant series, but again, last year. Um, just an excellent looking book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Carlos, I trade weight, so I'm behind, but Daredevil and Immortal Hulk have been my favorite books of the year, but don't sleep on Coates as Captain America. Um, a lot of people talk about how great the book is. It's only been recently that people are like, it's actually not that great. I've been reading it consistently. I do like it. I think it's what Cap certainly needs right now. It is. It, it would probably do much better if it wasn't in the main universe because it's like it's a very dry Aaron Sorkin political drama where sometimes Cap just walks down a hallway and that's your action scene is just him and a couple characters talking to each other and debating policy and everything and that's your thing and I like it but it's certainly not for everybody and issue to issue. I forget about it. Cause like a new one came out last week and I didn't read it yet. And I just picked it up and I'm like, Oh, I should probably get back to this. It definitely reads better in trade. It is a trade book is what it is. Right. Should have been an original graphic novel or something. Yeah, maybe. And also too, I just, I just like the Ta-Nehisi Coates works in Marvel. And I like that. He's just putting his stamp on this. I feel history will be kind to this series. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Doc Brass, uh, sorry if I missed this, if it was mentioned already, but I love the Hawkman run, which just ended, and don't worry, I also liked Terrifics. <laughs> I, I, again, I feel like I need to tag my other co-host, Matt, and he's been singing the praises of Hawkman every goddamn week. He loved it. I'm like, you know what? It's a Hawkman series that made it longer than 10 issues, so there must be something special about it. Right. Uh, Cam mentions, uh, I stick with Iron Man 2020 for the Pete Woods art. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm done with Iron Man uh, I, for a while. I, I had I had one issue to be done and I'm just like, I forgot to read it. And then I'm like, oh, and then Christopher Cantwell came on and everyone's saying that book's really good, but I'm just like, I, I don't have any more room for Iron Man right now. Even no. though I hear, even though I hear great things about that and I hear great things about his Dr. Doom, which is apparently also a very Sorkin-y ass political drama. It's where fine. It's just, where it's, it's just fine. like Dr. Doom trying to make the trains run on time. It's fine. It's not like great. It's just fine. Like mm. his Dr. Doom is like, whatever it's fine everyone thinks it's great and it's just like it's not bad congratulations mm. um zberm i know i'm not adding anything new to the pot but strange adventures is easily the best series of the year i uh it's not done but i have to agree uh, i again would not have picked this up before for tiffany uh strange adventures from uh tom king mitch jareds and doc shaner is it's it's incredible it's like uh it's like all the president's men uh it, it, it's it's just an incredible comic. It looks mm. good. It feels great. Uh, it is, it is everything that Black Label should aspire to try. Um, 
but it like manages to maybe work in continuity. I don't know. Um, I love right. it. I just love it. It's it's yeah. so good. Yeah. This uh this one isn't on my list, but this is uh I don't think it was great this year, but it's showing potential that it could be there, and that is uh evaluing on champions, which was their big new thing that was supposed to be the huge takeoff for Outlawed. Then the pandemic happened and everything got shuffled around and delayed. And clearly it was meant to be so much more farther along than it actually is. Yeah. People forgot the first issue came out. Then people forgot the second issue came out. And I'm just like, oh, this is so unfair because she has a unique voice and some cool ideas for these characters. And the fact that they did a young people's civil war story, but it's not horrible and it's not like, you know, really, you know, depressing and makes me want to stop reading the fact where it's like, no, no, these, these kids have seen the mistakes of their forefathers and they're not going to make the same mistakes. They're going to make their own mistakes. Oh, sure. But they're not going to repeat the ones of the past. And in fact, where it's like, okay, cool. Here's a person who looked at what was wrong with civil war one and two. I was like, let's do the young people's version of that actually makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Also, it's the most interesting the new warriors have been in a bit where they just break, <laughs> where they just break bad and they're licking boots of the government now for like no reason. And maybe they would have explained that in the tie-in that never came out from Kibble Smith, but they're just doing it. It's like, well, why? Why are they? Do- you were young here. Right, right. Why? Yeah. Yeah, but they were lame. <laughs> they, were, they were, and I'm sure that's the reason. And there's like a whole bunch of like parents just don't understand things. And and Ewing knows this, and she's having fun with it. We're yeah. speedball of all people when he's arresting the kids, where it's like, yeah, that'll teach you kids. That'll stop you from doing anything, you know, too dangerous. Ever get your speedball. Shut up. Yeah, you killed thousands of, you killed hundreds of children like 10 years ago. And they know that, and <clears throat> that's the joke, that they're all being massive hypocrites. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Raj Patel uh, delays really killed Shazam for me heard he had another pitch for the JSA and my eyes rolled. that book needs more love it really it really did it was so good it like here's the thing I'll tell you if you do pick up the trade I think it's like two trades now they tell one story from beginning to end and it's only kind of rushed at the end even even <laughs> bringing back Superboy Prime couldn't like save that series and they were clearly setting him up to be this big arc long villain where it's like yeah he is like a good dark mirror to billy batson because he's childish in all the bad ways where billy batson has like the good parts of youth and being a child and the snyder's like nope mine yeah basically yoink uh lane casper uh, i just wanted to say thank you guys for all your content you've put out on both your channels they have been bright spots this crazy year Aww. thanks lane appreciate it thank you very much for your support um TB also mentions, I haven't really heard anyone say anything good or bad about Dr. Doom by Cantwell. I read a few issues and had some fun with it. Either of you read it. Uh, stay safe. Stay awesome. I have read it. I've read uh, the first arc. So like the first two trades, which is mm. irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's fine. I skimmed it when I thought I had an interview. And again, uh, my friend Matt, who's a huge fan of uh, Halt and Catch Fire, he uh, religiously reads both because he's a big, uh, big fan of both of those. His, the Iron Man pitch sounded interesting where it's like, what if Iron Man had to exist, you know, in a social media world and was held accountable for literally every little thing that he did? And apparently Cantwell is like only using Iron Man villains, like isn't creating anyone right. new, is only just using like the melter and the controller and the constrictor and everything. And I'm like, all right, that's pretty good because, yeah, Iron Man does have a rogues gallery that never gets used. That's right. That's right. Uh, from what I've gathered about Cantwell, he loves the comics. He's read them. He gets them like he 
he wants to reference them in a good in a, in a in a true way uh so like i respect it i just i just can't bring myself to be like that's enough for me to justify that i think it's excellent i'm like no it's just it, I, I i admire your uh, your your approach your resolve your pro, you know but like i can't in good conscience say it's great it's a pretty book yeah the covers are pretty um yeah the interiors are good too for for iron man yeah. um yeah, uh, I have one more book left for the best of 2020. Uh, and it's uh, it's not finished, but it just debuted. Um, and it, of course, it is Ninja Turtles Last Ronin. Mm, yeah, everyone is telling me about this. And I'm sure it's big because it's like, hey, I've never talked about or covered anything Ninja Turtles. But everyone is inundating me with how good it is. So it must be great. It's 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 OK. So let me mitigate your expectations. It's okay. it's not like it's the second coming. It's not even really as great as like the first couple of volumes of the IDW Ninja Turtles series. It's just that like Ninja Turtles came from a couple of dudes eating pizza, drinking beers and loving Frank Miller. Oh yeah. And now they're back together like 35, 40 years later and they're doing a Frank Miller book with their creations. Like, <laughs> and that's what last Ronin is. It's just like, it's just them doing the thing they wanted to do. 35 years ago what, what is it even about because like it looks apocalyptic like the future all but one turtle is are, are dead uh and he's carrying a torch for all of them and he's he uses all their weapons and, and uh and he's he's looking for revenge against like the you know the the, the progeny of shredder who's like mm. running the who's running the city in so the it's city. old man turtle yeah it's old man turtle right on i can yep. dig it it's dark Knight returns for the ninja turtles that's it cool that Which sounds is like about right just all you you know and and i've i've criticized like spider-man rain for example for being like mm. we dark knight returns to fight spider-man i'm like that's intrinsically antithetical to the character and dark, dark Knight returns is not a theme you can apply to characters yeah um, it is we can just a sticker we can just stick it on there whatever yeah, no we... he's old he has a partner da, da, da. and it's like no and it's like there's a difference between spider-man rain which is let me cram spider-man this square peg into this dark Knight returns round hole whereas it's these two fans of frank miller who are doing frank miller to the turtles mm -hmm. um so which is not and it, it feels like dark Knight returns but it's its own thing it's like that's right. it's, it's just it's just unabashedly fun and stupid and i'm like totally on board also they they mess with the format so like the book is taller than a usual comic but like oh no it's yeah it's taller and a little wider it's just like it doesn't fit in any bag and board <laughs> you have to get like the magazine bag and board and even then y'all have like all the space on the sides it's just like it's like what are you doing and they're like we wanted wow. it to be, we wanted it to be this size they're they're such frank miller fans they're repeating his holy terror thing by having the book not fit anywhere that's right it's just like ah fuck it it just fits here <laughs> like it's it's really cool um i really like it and it's like I will do that sometimes. I'll just be like, that's really amazing. I'll just grab a book because it's like, it's just trying to be fun. Mm. But like, then I read something that's trying to be fun. That just sucks. Like mm. Terminator transformers. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, eat me. Like, <laughs> it's so stupid and easy. This is so easy. Why did you make it so stupid? Like it's, <laughs> it's not even fun. It's just, it's just, ugh. Um, David 22. I'd like a Megatron and Dr. Manhattan book. It be deep. Um, it'd be fair deep, enough. I tell you. Yeah. Uh, I, I, James Robbins. Uh, I'm thankful for you guys. I'm also thankful for Hills, Batman and the outsiders. It shows a black creatives like me from mm. STL can make their marks on triple a characters. Thanks for making comics fun. Thank you, James, for your support and for your, yeah. for your insight. 
I I've been rough on a lot of Hill's book because I know uh, that Outsiders book spun out of the end of Tynan's Detective, and it's like, oh Hill, you didn't read any of that, did you? And oh, you this is this is just to launch another book. And like apparently he knows me. Actually, that was one of the few times I actually got blowback from a creator. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that Cave Jewel guy didn't like my Detective comics, and he didn't like my Miles Morales book where I retconned his origin. Then they quickly threw that out for when Solid in a Mid came in and said, no, the Ultimate Universe totally happened, guys. Yep. But uh, I liked his Killmonger, and I like the idea of what he did in his Outsiders, where everyone's like, no, he let Duke take center stage, he right. explained his powers, he did everything that all the white creators didn't have time or interest in doing. And I'm like, that's cool, and I hope they walk away stronger characters for what he managed to do there. Yeah, um, I, you know, for me, when it comes to new characters... Mm. It's like you really have to think about the impact of what you're doing. Oh, yeah. And it's like because otherwise you have this like problem, right? Like when you're like, OK, uh, I don't really care about slash want to do anything with Wally West. So we'll just make him black in the new reboot and that'll shut everybody up because we'll have checked off a box making a black character mm. and we'll have checked off a box of shutting up the Wally West fans. Well, it turns out that didn't do either of those things. Yeah. And now it's like, well, people want real Wally West back. I'm, I'm saying this back then, but it's like, um, he is Wally West. And if you make him not black anymore, that's racist. Yeah. Also, if you delete and forget about this character that you were all gung ho about in the beginning, you betray yourself as not actually caring as much about diversity as you claim to yeah. by letting this black character fall by the wayside. Right. And it's like that's that's part of the problem of what you're not thinking about, where it's like, no, if you do that, like you then put yourself at risk for being accused of doing what you're doing, which is marginalizing more ethnically diverse characters mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, like Duke. I'm like, why did you create Duke? He's just going to be a complication. Like, because now it's like, he's the only black member of the Bat family outside of Batwing. Mm. And it's like, yeah, and nobody wants to write about him. Well, when they do my all young black Teen Titans pitch, people of color version that I pitched way back when, then he'll have a place to be. Call me yeah. DC. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but my you know and and it's great that they are given an opportunity to like write about ethnically diverse characters, mm -hmm. but it's like yeah, but if they if the publishing line doesn't believe in them, you won't get to get them anywhere, and then they're just sitting there, and then it's just it's just racist for no reason. <laughs> And also the book is called Outsiders and Outsiders never last very long anyway. It's like when Marvel does a new Warriors, it's like, well, this is cool. This ain't going to make it, though, because no book called that has ever made it very long. But hey, Hill went the distance. I think he almost got 20 issues in there. Yeah. Like, I think he got like at least two trades. So good on you, man. You fucking did it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, David is Black Label technically dead yet? No, uh, they're still using it. It's 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 a catch all. It's just like it's I want to put a rating on it. It's it, That's it. It's a zombie. It's shambling around yep. in an unloved, half alive, half dead form. Yep. They just use it as a as a as a label as a as a rating system now. Yeah. Um, Gabriel Rain, did you read Black Cat from Jed McKay? It was so fun. I didn't. I didn't. I saw it though. Yeah. I. I yeah. I saw you. <laughs> I know it there? exists. I see you. You're there. I see you. Yeah. I'm glad that she's getting some play. Uh, I. Uh, nothing that I heard about the book enticed me enough to want to like read it 
I've never really cared about Felicia Hardy all that much, to be honest. I like Felicia as a Spider-Man character. I don't care about her on her own. Like as a larger Marvel character. You know what I mean? Like mm. making her a big making her, her own character. Like putting Felicia on like the champions or something. Not that not that champion. Like putting her on the defenders or something. Yeah. Where it's like, no, I don't really care about that. Mm-hmm. Like she's I liked her. I think she's a fun character as a spider. It'd be like if, uh, if they put uh, J Jonah Jameson on a book, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I just want to read those. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. Anyway. Uh, so those are some of the best books. Uh, do you have any more? Yeah. Uh, no, that was it. We actually worked through my entire list very organically. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I want to thank everybody for contributing and sharing their own best books of 2020 and their uh, their their kindness and their their positivity, because mm-hmm. that really worked out really well. And I'm really happy about it. Um, but uh, yeah, but a uh, big, big thank you for everybody uh, who supported the show today and give us super chats. And uh, and of course, for being here and watching us live, which really is cool. Uh, hey, if you want to help us out some more, here's a free way to do it. Like the video. Give it a like. Um, if you do give it a like, YouTube does something. God only knows what it is, but like apparently it like factors into the algorithm. I don't know, but like if you like the videos, it helps. I hate asking for that kind of shit. I know. But like, you know what? It, it's it's doing this. And listen, there are a lot of people out there who subscribe to this channel just to click the other one. So, you know, outweigh them. <laughs> For real. Yeah, you, you got to do what you got to do without becoming the, hey, man, smash that like button. Right. Smash it. Destroy S- it. Demolish it. Sup, fam. Wreck that like button. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not your boy. Uh, <laughs> I am your man, sir. Nothing is sup. Uh, but yeah, uh, listen, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, if you want more, of course, go to patreon.com slash compop. Joel and I are going to keep going for about yeah. 10, 15 minutes, uh, on, on its own show. Uh, and that's it. I guess that's it. Um, yeah, the Thanksgiving is coming for us here in America. Uh, that means nothing for you. If you're watching this channel, because back issues will continue, uh, elseworlds will continue off the rack will continue. And we haven't, we even have a special GVU, uh, that's coming out. That is only manga books. Oh, holy shit. Yes. Uh, so Kate, stay tuned for that. That's My big. guess would be around like the, the end of the week. So that's that. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us, everybody. And uh, so we'll see you guys next week. So long, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>